You're listening to the Opportunity Zones and Private Equity Show. Listen in for news and insights on how Opportunity Zones, private equity funds, and private real estate can help you grow your wealth. Now, here's your host, Jimmy Atkinson. Welcome to the show. I'm Jimmy Atkinson. My guest today has raised $5 million through an Opportunity Zone fund designed to invest in the future of pre-manufactured building. He is John Wolfington, principal at Acceler Building Solutions. John joins us today from Hazleton, Pennsylvania. John, how are you? Welcome to the show. Hey, Jim. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, John. Great to have you here with us today. John, you know, my audience of high net worth investors and advisors may be already somewhat familiar with you since you were one of our OZ Pitch Day partners last year. But for those who may be unfamiliar with you and your story, can you provide us with some background on who you are and how Acceler Building Solutions came to be? Sure. So uh, I'm a developer by trade. I've been uh, in the development business of real estate, commercial, residential, retail, uh, industrial, pretty much uh, for the last 25 years. Um, I got involved uh, in uh, pre-manufacturing through a group out of Canada uh, who uh, was introducing a product to manufacture pre-manufactured buildings. Uh, green and clean, energy efficient buildings. Uh, so I did a little research. I liked the um, the concept of pre-manufacturing. You know, after COVID, uh, there was a, an after the, the fall in 2007, 2008, uh, you know, the building industry kind of fell a little bit apart. Uh, it was tough to find uh, trades to actually come on site and build buildings. So pre-manufacturing in a plant made a lot of sense to me uh, because we could do it in a controlled environment. Uh, we could do it very cost effectively uh, and we could do it year round. So weather, no weather conditions uh, that would interrupt uh, the building uh, process. So uh, I got involved about three years ago in research. Uh, we opened up our Hazleton plant uh, about a year and a half ago. Uh, and we are currently operating out of that plant, and we have uh, what we call um, pre pre um, precast steel stud uh, building solutions that we build there right now. Plus, we're introducing a lot of other products to manufacture from that plant. Great, and it's it's all located in an opportunity zone, and and we'll talk about your opportunity zone fund and the investment opportunity that exists for high net worth investors a little bit later in the show, but I'm curious to learn more about the actual manufacturing plant that you have. Can you tell me a little bit more about Acceler Building Solutions and and w w what is it you're developing? It's like you mentioned uh, uh, steel stud uh, walls, I think, or something like that. Um, forgive me, I'm not too uh, conversant okay. in building materials, but, but tell me a little bit more about the actual process of manufacturing these pre-manufactured buildings is it just walls and roofs and and or, or what what is it exactly so that's exactly what it is so we are uh we manufacture the four walls and the roof of the building we'll actually manufacture interior walls also um we have different types of products we have cladding type products that are non-structural that attach to maybe like a high-rise type steel structure that you would see on a high-rise building in like downtown areas uh we also have structural uh construction panels that are structural for maybe multifamily type buildings that can go up to nine stories high. 
Um, so we have a we have different types of uh, panels we produce based on the customer's architectural plans and thus having discussions with that customer uh, on that particular building that they're building, whether it be a commercial building, a retail building, a multifamily building, an industrial building. Uh, we also are now getting into producing precast type products for more of the industrial type uh, market, but also for the residential market, because the residential market is really becoming very innovative for housing on the type of products they're using to build their buildings. Hmm, okay, and are, are how big are these? How easy are they to ship? Are, are you only supplying to Pennsylvania builders or are you shipping these all over the country? No, we're shipping all over the country. We just signed a, a big contract in Orlando, Florida. Okay. So our goal is to build multiple plants in, in, in qualified opportunity zones across the country. And uh, right now, you know, Hazleton is our operational plant but we wanna build plants in centrally located in good markets to serve those markets. But for now, we are talking to people nationally and we are shipping nationally either by rail or by truck. If it's going a long distance, rail would make more sense. If it's going a shorter distance, it would be by truck. Got it. And you mentioned some of the product types that you're building materials end up in industrial, residential. Who are some of your customers or some of the developers that, that you're selling these to? So a lot of our customers are large development groups. Uh, some of our customers are national development groups, you know, where they are, they're major contractors and develop uh, for large companies. So we're contracting with them. They have the contract to do the entire job for large companies. And we contract with them to do our the walls and the roof, a portion of that contract. So, uh, you know, my customers, we have end use customers too, which are like national chains, retailers, uh, national industrial. Um, so we, we they're, they're our customers too. We try to call them customers for life because they consistently build on a yearly basis. They're consistently building buildings, but we also deal with large, construction companies uh, that also um, might do seven to 10 million square feet a year just in construction and industrial, uh, distribution, things of that nature. So uh, our main customers are really the end user type customers, the national brands, or the large development companies. Interesting. I, I, could you characterize how big this industry is? If I'm walking around a uh, typical downtown metropolitan area and I'm seeing construction cranes, I'm seeing some construction sites, I'm seeing some retail shops go up. What what percentage roughly are are of those developments are going to be pre-manufactured buildings these days? So it wasn't a large percentage in the past. It is growing rapidly on a yearly basis, right? So we call them EFIS panels. And uh, a lot of the industry is moving towards it, especially the retail industry, fast food industry, industries like that, where you know you walk up to a Wendy's or a McDonald's and you'll see the brick. Now that's pre-manufactured. You probably wouldn't notice it because you're walking in to get a sandwich and you're not paying attention to it. Someone like me would pay attention to it. I would know if it's EFIS or if it's not EFIS. Uh, but you know the industry is moving towards it because it's cost-effective to build and it's much quicker. 
So if you are a business and you want your business open two to three months ahead of time, because it's going to generate revenue for you, not only is it more cost effective to build a building that way, but you start generating business revenue quicker as a business because we get you up and over roof much quicker. Got it. Okay. So a lot of benefits there. You, you mentioned a few reasons why pre-manufactured buildings are growing in popularity. What, why else do you feel like pre-manufactured buildings may be the wave of the future, as, as you mentioned to me on our, our call a few minutes ago before we hit the record button here? Yeah. So I, I think uh, why it's the wave of the future is because one, speed, like cost, speed, and it's a very green process, right? So when we talk, everyone we talk to, our clients, you have to know your clients' wants and needs. And we know the number one want in the market is cost. I don't care who you are, but cost comes first. Everyone has a budget. They want to come in, come in within their budget. Uh, everyone has green initiatives. So you want to make sure that you're meeting their green initiatives. And speed is very important. They don't want their project delayed. That costs them money, uh, whether they have a loan with a bank or they have to have, they have to hit a deadline. Speed is very important. So to us, to our group, they're the top three needs of our customers. We try to meet those needs on a daily basis. Yeah, and it also mitigates against uh, something you mentioned at the top of the episode, John, which is that uh, the trades are in short supply, it seems, these days. It's hard to find good contractors, good, good carpenters, good uh, construction workers these days. Is that right as well? It's true. So, you know, a lot of people, you know, depending upon the size of the project, uh, trades are tough to come by. You have to manage that whole entire process. Uh, you have to hire a third party who takes a fee to manage that process. Uh, so if we can help reduce the amount of trades on site, uh, reduce what you have to manage, get it done quicker in a more streamlined process for the end user, the customer, um, they're happy and that's our goal to make them happy and it's a reality today that you know there's certain areas too where construction is very expensive so go into say you're going into new york city and you're building a building well it makes sense to do some work in the city but there's a huge cost savings if some of the work's done in the factory then it's shipped to the city uh, and you eliminate a lot of the trades and the uh, the problems you have building in cities. So it, it, there's a lot of reasons why it makes a lot of sense and why a lot of people are turning to uh, pre-manufactured building. Got it. So your Hazelton factory has been up and running for how, how long? About about a year? Is that right? I'd say about a full year. We've been in production. That's correct. And and what have you learned in that time that you've you've been up and running? Uh, so it's still kind of a relatively new and, and growing industry. There's a lot of tailwinds that uh, that you're taking advantage of, I'm sure. Uh, what, what have you learned exactly, though? So what we've learned in the last year in our, um, we've learned a lot, I got to tell you. So uh, what we've learned in the production process, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's something you have to really look at. So one is, you know, one, we want to know our market, right? We want to understand what the market trends are, what's happening in the market. So whatever we build, uh, we're prepared for the market itself. Um, the other thing that we really like to bring into our fold are people that have manufacturing experience, who understand manufacturing, 
Uh, manufacturing is completely different than building on site. It's a completely different animal. You have to watch your costs. Um, you have to be very efficient in your processes and your processes change on a daily basis. So what we've done over a year ago has almost completely changed to what we do today. We've cut our cost almost 50% in one year in our operating costs on the manufacturing floor. Just from what we've learned and constantly looking at efficiencies to build our product faster, more efficiently, and build in better quality. So that's what we constantly try to do. Um, you know, we, uh, you know, when I look at the market itself, I, I, I constantly look at other companies that have come into business and gone out of business. I try to analyze why they're out of business today, what happened to them, um, you know, in the, in precast or any type of manufacturing, and uh, you know, what what it, what does it take to be successful in that industry? And it's really you have to really control your cost. It's number one for us, controlling cost and having a very efficient manufacturing process, understanding your product and understanding your customers' wants and needs. Uh, and, and controlling cost, again, again, gives your customers good value because controlling your cost makes your cost of your product very competitive in the market. And again, that's what I told you before. That's the number one, that's the number one, um, the number one uh, reason, not reason, but the number one concern of any end user or any of our customers is cost. They want to stay within their budget. And uh, so we have to keep our cost and our efficiencies in check uh, to do so. Cost has come up a few times uh, during the podcast already. It's very important to, to drive that point home. Very good point there, John. What about technological innovation in the pre-manufactured industry? How important is that for for you and for your 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 industry and and what sorts of technical technological innovations have you developed yeah so it's huge right uh we think that in this industry uh you know from what we started producing a year ago to what we're producing now is much different uh we've made our panels lighter stronger um uh, we're looking at uh, technologies like uh, solar panel walls, besides solar panel roofs. And when I say walls and roofs, we're not talking about what you normally would see on a roof, which, hey, that, that building's got a bunch of solar panels on it. You know, you've probably seen that they're making solar panels shingles. Uh, we're looking at making solar panel walls. Uh, so it looks like a brick wall, but it's really a solar panel wall that could do anywhere from 15 to 20 watts per square foot. Uh, that's that's a more of a green initiative again, right? But, you know, it's it's a cost savings for the customer. Uh, they're meeting their green initiatives. Technology-wise, we're looking at other products that are, are that um, we have a we have a bio-free product that we're coming out with that uh, is pretty much a germ-free type product used in cold storage, the food industry, hospitals, uh, products like that that are needed. Uh, but we're trying to diversify so we can give customers what they need in different industries. Um, so we're constantly uh, looking at new technologies, uh, how we can build them into our building systems and uh, stay up with the time, so to speak. <laughs> 
Good. Well, I want to talk to you more about those green initiatives uh, a little bit later in the show, but wanted to turn our attention now, John, to Opportunity Zones. You guys are located in an Opportunity Zone in Hazleton, Pennsylvania. I'm curious, uh, did you put the factory in Hazleton because Hazleton was a good location and then you found out about Opportunity Zones later? Or did you go into Hazleton knowing you wanted to attract Opportunity Zone equity and that's why you selected that location? Tell me about that process. What attracted you to Opportunity Zones in the first place? Well, when I bought Hazleton, uh, I realized it wasn't an Opportunity Zone, but I bought it for what the factory had, not because it wasn't an Opportunity Zone. But then when I did my research on Opportunity Zones, uh, I realized Opportunity Zones are a great place to do business. Uh, so uh, for every other location that we're looking at right now, they're all in Opportunity Zones. For, for, so all our expansions in, op, in Opportunity Zones uh, right now. Um, that we're looking to do in the future. So in the beginning, that's not why I picked Hazleton. But now that I understand Opportunity Zones, uh, that's where we want to be moving forward. Good. So uh, that's, that's actually kind of interesting. That Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, 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 it, we love it. It sounds like the success of your current factory, its location, the fact that you've raised $5 million of Opportunity Zone equity kind of led you to realize, hey, let's put our future plans and opportunity zones as well. There's plenty of opportunity zones all over the country from you to pick from in, in some of these different markets that you want to focus on. I want to talk about the investment opportunity now, your opportunity zone fund. You're raising some capital for Acceler Building Solutions. What's the raise amount and what is the capital going toward? So we'd like to raise $25 million. Uh, additional, our initial raise was 30. We raised five. We're trying to raise 25. That is to grow the company, buy equipment, um, expand the company across the U.S. Um, so that's basically our needs right now. Uh, we are, um, we are, our, our customer base is growing rapidly. Uh, we want to be able to uh, manufacture more efficiently. Uh, so it's really going into operations, equipment, uh, and expansion. Good. Uh, and I like, <laughs> I like what you're doing, John, because I have the vast majority of Opportunity Zone deals are real estate based. I have a lot of uh, multifamily, mixed use type developments uh, on the show and that get featured at OZ Pitch Day. But I always like the case of a business, a manufacturer in this case, taking advantage of the Opportunity Zone tax incentive. I think it's uh, it's already always fascinating to see the uses of Opportunity Zone equity in these different industries, because it's not just, I have to tell people, it's not just real estate all the time. Um, certainly a portion of the capital that you're raising, I'm sure will go toward purchasing some of the land or some of the buildings that you're going to develop on. Is that right? But 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 behind behind that, it's it's mainly the business of Acceler Building Solutions that your investors are investing in. Do I have that right? That's correct. So most of the, the money's really going into the business, not so much into the real estate. Right. Um, so uh, yeah, it's really just to buy equipment, bring people on board, uh, expand our sales force, uh, you know, uh, bring in new customers, uh, but it will go into the, it, when I say the real estate, I shouldn't say that. Yes, it will go into expansion of real estate also. Uh, we will take loans out on the real estate end of it. Most of the money would go into the company itself to grow the company. Got it. And what have been 
some of the biggest challenges that you've faced so far with regards to, I guess, I guess I'll ask this question twice of you. One, let's talk about just pre-manufactured building. What are some of the challenges of, of being in the business that you're in? And then I'll ask you about OZs and your fundraise separately. But, but what are some of the biggest challenges you face as a, a pre-manufactured building manufacturer? I think the biggest challenge is the learning curve, right? So my whole life, I built on site, uh, did not build in a factory. So there was a big learning curve there. And there's and you're consistently uh, understanding uh, there's challenges with every business, right? Uh, it's, it's, it's the quality of your product. It's in making sure it's being shipped properly. So when it gets to the site, it's in good condition. It's not damaged, things of that nature. Uh, the cost of shipping can be a challenge sometimes. The manufacturing process, I think, is consistently, which I think is a positive thing, you have to consistently improve on. Uh, look at new technologies, innovation consistently in the manufacturing process to improve your efficiencies and the way you produce your products and the products you produce, right? So, uh, it, you know, for us right in the beginning, there was just a huge learning curve. I think we had too many people working in our factory. Our overhead was too high, but we've really streamlined that down. And, uh, you know, I'm still learning today, right? But, you know, in the last year and a half, we've learned a lot. Uh, the biggest thing is, uh, you know, just understanding the process of the product you're building. Your supply chain is huge, right? So where you're buying your raw materials from. Um, I'm constantly, constantly updating where I'm getting my raw materials from. So like for one example, we were buying steel studs pre-manufactured. Now we want to manufacture our own steel studs, buy the steel raw in rolls. We'll save more than 50% on cost of our steel studs, which then gets passed through to our customers. And if our customers are happy, they're going to refer us to other customers and they're going to come back to us. So yeah, the biggest learning curve is going from traditional building to the manufacturing type process. We, it doesn't matter how many people you bring in. So we brought in, uh, our, our plant manager had uh, 20 years experience in manufacturing, but you're still learning because anytime you're changing a product, you gotta be on the floor. You gotta look at how you're manufacturing that product. Are you doing it properly? Are you doing it efficiently? And uh, yeah, it's fun. Uh, we love it, but uh, it, there, there's a there's a huge uh, yeah there's a huge learning curve to it. There's no doubt. Yeah, I'm I'm sure. And and you brought up cost again. Cost very important. Well, uh, the other uh, aspect no, that you're running right now is raising capital for your Opportunity Zone funds, so you can develop more plants, acquire more equipment. What have been some of the biggest Opportunity Zone or fundraising challenges that you've hit over the past year, John? All right. So for this year, I think for us, um, you know, we change products, uh, you know, with any business plan, we are trying to grow rapidly. Um, you know, the challenge for us is that, uh, you know, we we want to try to hit our uh, our 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 goals on revenue. Uh, you know, in the building industry, you know, that's slow sometimes uh, because, you know, you're building buildings, you're not selling a car. So it's, you know, there's delays in the building process. The architect changes the plans. Uh, they're waiting for their financing to come through. Uh, they don't have all their approvals yet. So they, you know, you think you're going to start a job 
one day, but it gets pushed. So, you know, you have to take that into line with, you know, your customers say, oh, I thought you were going to do that, the 20 buildings in third quarter. But, you know, a lot of those buildings get pushed because it's real estate. So you have to keep that in mind. But I think once you, hurt, you hit a certain level, so the challenge is keeping my investors updated on what we're doing, the changes we're making, um, and making sure our investors are happy. Because, you know, when, when you have a new business, you, you know, I think investors are nervous and they, 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 you have to keep them informed on what you're doing and uh, the changes you're making and why you're making them and hopefully keep them comfortable. Shifting gears now as we wind down our conversation, John, pre-manufactured buildings often get labeled as a green building solution or a green initiative for certain developers. You mentioned solar and some other environmental impact that your buildings are having a bit earlier in the show. How important is that green aspect of what you're doing? Is that important to the is that important to your customers? Um, and what about LEED certification? Are these LEED certified buildings? Tell me everything you can about the, the green aspect of pre-manufactured. Sure, so it's very important to all our customers. Hmm. Uh, they all have green initiatives in the companies. They wanna meet their green initiatives by certain dates. Uh, they, their buildings have certain, there's certain aspects of their buildings where when you sit down with that customer, they're gonna say, okay, we wanna make sure our buildings qualify. Uh, uh, for certain green initiatives. Uh, what we did is we, we go out to a third party company for us to come in and look at us and um, do an audit on us. And then we get certified based on that audit uh, from a third party green uh, company. And that's what we've done. But every company is different on their green initiatives, right? Amazon might have a completely different green initiative than ABC company down the street. They might be more aggressive, but they all have green initiatives. So with our buildings, we try to do everything possible to meet every customer's green initiative, whether it be a, a certain R factor where their buildings uh, meet a certain energy rate. They're very energy efficient. We always say our wall panels are extremely energy efficient. Um, uh, R factor is a measure of how insulated the walls are. Is that how right? How insulated the walls are. That is correct. And it's in your process too, right? It's how you build your buildings. It's how you process, how you manufacture. Uh, do you recycle your water? Do you discharge your water in the streams? Uh, what do you fill landfills? We don't fill landfills. Uh, so it's really in the process that you use in your manufacturing um, process. So, you know, how much steel do you use in, in your product? Um, so, yeah, there's, there's so many factors that go into it, but we feel that we are very responsible. We, we build extremely, we have green practices. We build uh, and, and utilize all green practices that we possibly can in our process. Well, John, this has been great, great insights into pre-manufactured building manufacturing today. I just want to zoom out and ask you a, a broad, high-level question uh, before we conclude today's episode. I'm just kind of curious, given your expertise and your experience in the space, what do you feel are some of the most important trends in your industry, in the pre-manufactured building industry that investors should have their eye on 
in the years to come? Well, for me, it's the diversification, right? So the trends do change. And uh, I think you have to be well diversified in, in the manufacturing business. You, be, you have to have multiple products you can manufacture. You know, you know I can't just be one said product. Uh, you have to know your customer. You have to know your customer's wants and needs. I know that sounds like a cliche, but it's true. Um, and I always say it, you have to really understand. You have to bring the right people in to understand it. Uh, I, you know, we're hiring third party consultants that help us on a consistent basis because two heads are better than one. And I'm going to repeat it. You have to control your cost. That it's so important in the manufacturing business uh, and streamlining your process. You have to really streamline your process. Well, John, this has been great. Uh, thank you for joining me today. It's been great getting your insights on pre-manufactured buildings. Before we go, if we have anyone in our audience of high net worth investors and advisors who want to learn more about you and Acceler Building Solutions, where can they go to get more information on you guys? So they can go to accelerusa.com. Uh, there's a link there where they can click, they can inquire. I will get back to them. Um, and uh, anyone can inquire about investing from our website uh, or just filling out a questionnaire asking us to get back to them. And we will promptly get back to them in the next few days from when they uh, make the inquiry. Terrific. Thanks, John. And for our listeners and viewers out there today, we will, of course, as always, have show notes available on our website. You can find those show notes for today's episode at opportunitydb.com slash podcast. And there we'll have links to all of the resources that John and I discussed on today's show. And as a reminder, please be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube or your favorite podcast listening platform to always get the latest episodes. John, thanks again so much for joining me today. Really appreciate your time. Thanks, Jim. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. That's it for today's show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving us a rating and review to help spread the word to other investors. And we'll be back soon with another episode.